Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How is everyone doing on this beautiful Sunday? Not knowing where everyone is located, it might be raining where you are, but nevertheless, it is still a beautiful day. You want to know why? Because this is the day that the Lord has made. And if you are able to hear my voice, you were able to get to your computer, your cell phone, your tablet, whatever it is that you're listening to, and you hear my voice, we will rejoice and be glad in it. We are all truly blessed. I want to remind everyone that Radio Free Brooklyn is sponsored in part by Pharmagear, offering little to no cost medical braces. For information, call 844 844- Five nine eight six six three nine. So now today I want to go straight into the show because I have a lot of material to cover and we're going to explore relationships because how many of you are aware that the relationships that you have in your life affect everything that you do on a daily basis? And I'm sure that you have all heard people say, Don't bring your problems here to to work from home or don't bring your problems home when you come from work. Well, now it's like, don't bring your problems into the living room when you come out the bedroom because everybody's working from home, right? Or it's don't bring them into the bedroom when you come out from the living room, whatever. (laughs) But I say all that to say relationships affect Everything in our lives from our work relationship to our our work relationships to our personal relationships. So today we're going to explore the importance of relationships. So today we're going to look at how God wants us to do relationships and the roles that they play in our lives. Today's lesson is titled, Have We Met? Let me introduce myself. In the beginning, when God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit created the universe, they said, let's make man in our image, right? Genesis 1, 26 to 28 explains to us how this all came about. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over everything creeping thing, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And as we read in Genesis 2, 21 to 25, we see how God got got Eve out of Adam. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, 
This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked and the man and his wife were not ashamed. Now here we have our first relationship, right? Because I, you remember when I read in Genesis one, God said, let us create man in our own image. And he created both, he created both male and female. So when he created man, he made female as well. And then in Genesis two, he took the bone from Adam, which was the rib and he made the woman from that. But I'm not going into the part about the marriage. I'm not going into the relationship as marriage. Yes, we know here we have the first relationship, the man and the woman, but I want to see how did this relationship show us how to deal with others, right? And we've all heard this relationship explained in terms of man and woman, husband, wife. And yes, God intended them to dwell together forever. But can I propose to you that there was much more in this relationship than a husband and wife? This was person to person. And yes, it is a fact that we both dwell together to this very day, the relationship was to show us how we were going to get along with each other, right? Not just in a married setting, but in an everyday living setting as well. So here we have a man and a woman. God created them, the man in his image, the woman from the rib of the man. And this fact shows us that we are more connected than we ever want to care, than we ever want to believe that we are, right? The man and the woman were both given responsibilities by God concerning work. Here we have the first establishment of co-workers. We have a work environment, right? Because when he created them, he said he wanted them to subdue. He wanted them to take over. He wanted them to have dominion, right? Adam was given the duties of working in the garden and watching over it. He was also given a command that in, from all, okay, before we even get to the tree, they were given the command to be over the fish in the water, the birds in the sky, and every creepy crawly thing that lived on earth. So Adam was then placed in the garden, right? And he was given the duties of working the garden and watching over it. He was also given the command that any tree in the garden you are free to eat from it, but he couldn't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because it was told to him that when he did that day, he would certainly die. So Adam and Eve, right? They live, they work, they played in the garden. Life was grand, right? Until, and isn't that just the way life goes? You are doing what you feel you should be doing. And for the most part, you are taking care of all of your responsibilities. And then, wham, everything goes haywire. So here we have it. They're living in the garden. Everything's going fine. Life is fine. And here comes the serpent. Now, a serpent is a snake. And the Bible says that he was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God created. So I got to thinking, I was curious, why would God use a snake in the garden and not another animal, right? Or not another creature. So I looked up the characteristics of a snake personality. 
right? Because you know the Chinese celebrate the year of the snake and stuff. So I looked up what the characteristics of a snake was. And snakes have a firm will and can concentrate on one thing for a long time. They are usually good with earning money and their personalities, because of that trait, makes them very attractive, right? So I know that at one time in your life, you have run into someone that had snake-like qualities, right? They, they're cunning because now the Bible said they, that the snake was cunning. And then when you just look at the other traits that are attributed to a snake, you know, they have a firm will and they concentrate on more. They concentrate on one thing for a long period of time. So when I read that, I was like, hmm. So that snake was just hanging out in that garden, watching Adam and Eve, just watching them live their happy little merry life, right? Just as we know that people do today, you could be living your life, doing everything you got to do. And then you got people just standing there watching, just watching your every move. Those are the people who usually don't wish you well, right? You notice that they can always tell you everything about yourself because they've been studying you, right? And of course they would be good at earning money because they're capitalistic, right? And to some, that would make them attractive. Remember, not everything that's, that glitters is gold, right? And they have a way of manipulating and twisting the truth to their advantage, right? I guess we could sometimes even call these people opportunists, right? Because they will use every little small bit of knowledge that they are able to grasp onto to present themselves in a better light. And the serpent had to be attractive to Eve. He had to be attractive to her. Because he was not only able to get her attention, but he was able to change the words that God had said and make them mean something totally different, right? So when we want to look at the serpent in today's life, the serpent can be anyone that wants to cause a separation. And like I said, I'm looking at the relationship as person to person. So anyone that wants to cause a division, anytime you have someone in a setting that wants to cause a division where everything seems to be flowing correctly, they're a serpent, right? The serpent came along and deceived the woman. And then that led to the man being deceived as well, right? Disobeying God, causing the ultimate separation. God from his creation, which was man. And that was the purpose, to break up what God had placed on earth to show God's dominion over all things. The serpent, the serpent took advantage of the free will that God had granted us. And how many of you know today, when you have people who are snake-like, they can manipulate your mind to make you, to coax you into making decisions that might not necessarily be the best decisions for you, for your family, just in general, right? So people take our free will that was given to us, right? Thinking that there's no consequences for their actions. And basically that's not true. 
So from this story, right, here's our life lesson number one. We learn that we should follow what the Lord has given us to do and not deviate off the course, right? Yeah, we have free will. I'm not disputing the fact that we have free will and we get to exercise it all the time. Yes, we can basically do what we want to do, but there will be many people speaking in our ear trying to get us to do what's best in their eyes, right? They have their own objectives, right? So there will be objects, there will be situations that appear to sparkle, right? That appear to look good, that are talked up to be the best thing since sliced bread, that seem to be very enticing, downright desirable, right? Because when we think about it and we ask ourselves, is that what God really wanted us to do? When you become distracted with the ideas of life, leaning to your own understanding and not relying on the word that God has given to you, it could get us in trouble. And then when you go back to, let's talk about the relationship, the relationship with the coworkers, they had work to do. Obviously Eve wasn't doing what she was supposed to do because she was too busy talking to the serpent. I don't know where Adam was or what he was doing, but nobody was doing what they should have been doing. Like right now in life, every day at work, at home, you'll get in situations where you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And the next person's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then when chaos erupts in the home or then when chaos erupts at work because deadlines aren't met, everybody wants to start placing blame on each other. Oh, well, you were supposed to. Oh, well, I didn't have to. Or, oh, he said I should have. Uh-uh. You see? Classic example right here in the garden. It started right there in the garden. So when we start thinking about, I don't understand why this person understand. It was from the beginning. They have always acted that way. People have always acted the way they act today. Because at God gave Adam the directive of what he was supposed to do. And Eve was created as a helpmate. Now, don't get upset when I say this, but... There's nothing wrong with being a helpmate. It didn't mean that she was subservient to the man. She was created to assist him in what he had to take care of in the garden, right? God had given both of them directions of what they were supposed to do. But to, in, today's, in today's world, all the roles are distorted about who was supposed to take care of what. And that's why everyone's always bickering and arguing and fussing and fighting and backbiting because nobody wants to play the role that they were, that they were given to play, right? Let's face it. There was a lot of work to be done in that garden, right? Just like we have a lot of work to do here on earth right now. God created Adam and Eve to fulfill a certain mandate that he put out there for them. We were created to fulfill a certain mandate that he put on us, right? But when we deviate from what we were supposed to be doing and begin doing what we feel we want to do, regardless of what that may be, and especially, especially when we begin doing things that we think will give us status and recognition, right? Because the serpent told Eve that God didn't want her to eat from the tree because then she would be just like him. And here she go, hmm, like, why can't I be just like God? Why can't I be just like God? Personally, I don't want to be, I don't want to be God. I don't want to 
can't be God. God has a lot of work to do, right? I have enough problems keeping up with my own stuff that he gave me to do. Could you imagine me trying to keep up with everybody's crap? Their, their, their whims and their excuses and their whining. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. So here we have Eve being enticed with the thought of being just like God. And in the end, God confronted them both for what they had done and each blamed the other. The man blamed the woman, the woman blamed the serpent, right? Life lesson number two, take ownership of your mistakes. Don't look to blame someone for what you were responsible for. This is where we learn how to treat one another. We have to stop assigning blame onto others when we are usually the reason for our own downfalls, right? It's easier to place blame on the next individual, especially when they played a part in what has happened, right? But at the end of the day, who really made the choice to do what was done? Unless you were placed under duress, you control what you do. And you control who you do it with and you control how you do it. And most of all, you control why you do it. So only you can answer why you do what you do when you interact and treat people how you treat them. Oh, but God. And can I say that again? But God, he had a remedy waiting in the wings because he knew what was going to happen before it happened right? He knew they were going to mess up in that garden. He knew the serpent was going to talk to the woman. She was going to do what she did and Adam was going to follow and it was going to be one big mess. He knew, right? He had a remedy, right? That remedy to bring us all back to him was Jesus. So even today, when we make mistakes, mistreat one another, lie and blame one another, We can take full responsibility for what we have done because we have someone who has paid the price for us. His name is Jesus. He stepped in and took the punishment for our sins, for your sins, for my sins, for all of our sins. Life lesson number three, you always have a way of escape. One thing, right, that can bring you new life and peace. When you accept Christ as your personal savior and follow his teachings, reading the word that God wrote every day, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you into all truth, you will know how to treat others. You'll also know how to treat yourself because God is truth, right? And truth be told, some of us don't even know how to respect ourselves. So if we don't know how to respect ourselves, how are we going to know how to respect others? That's why there's so much racism and division and jealousy and envy and strife. Because a lot of us don't even love ourselves. If I, when I love me, I love you. <laughs> why not? Because I'm happy with me. When you're not happy with who you are, you're not happy with who anybody is, right? On any level. Ephesians 1, 7 to 9 tells us, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. 
Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So knowing that, knowing that, even when we make a mistake with one another, we have a way of making things right. And I want to interject this at this point. When I say our relationships with one another, the fact that, okay, we know that the whole breakdown in the garden, that was the beginning of the downfall of everything. When it came to the marriage, when it came to just interactions with one another as people dealing with people, all that broke down in the garden. But then as we have evolved through time, other things have come along and compounded on top of it, which have made it worse, right? So when we talk about equality and unity and being together, it goes way beyond looking at skin color because we want to attribute certain, certain stereotypes to a particular group. Oh, well, that group always does this. They're always like that. Or, oh, this group always does this. They're always like that. But can I tell you something? Every group does everything. Okay. Every group does everything. It might be more pronounced in a particular group, given the situations that they might have encountered, right? Because your reactions are just going to be from what your experience, your experiences have been in life. So if a certain group was put in a certain situation all the time, they're going to react a certain way. But let me tell you something, all the characteristics that are attributed to whomever, everybody has them in inside of them. Each and every one of you have that same trait inside of you. So that's when I talk about relationships, about getting to understand one another. You got to understand yourself first. And that's what this journey has been too. If you've noticed, everything we've been doing has been building up self. Before we can even understand what God wants us to do, you got to clean all that junk out of your inside because you can't fulfill any purpose if you all messed up inside. That's just the bottom line, right? And with that, I'm getting in my spirit. I want to extend the opportunity for all of you who want to know Jesus personally, right? All of you who want to have him come and help you walk through all this gook that you have going on inside of you. He can do it. He could help you clean it up. He could help you get your life right. And it might just be some of you, your destiny was just getting your life right. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us want to think that, oh, our destiny is something big and grand and we're going to, it might be, but then it might just be you just being a decent person. How about that? If you could accomplish that feat, then you've already done what God wanted you to do, right? So I want to take this opportunity to extend the invitation to you to get to know Jesus personally. And all you have to do is speak with your mouth that you know that you're a sinner that you know that Jesus is the living son of God, that he died and rose on the third day and he shed his blood for your sins. He paid the price for you. Ask God to forgive you and it's done. You will be forgiven. How simple is that? How simple is that? But you don't have to take my word for it because in Romans 10, 8 to 12, it says it. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. 
That is the word of faith, which was, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. 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 And with that, we're going to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say? Here on Radio Free Brooklyn. What Brooklyn Sounds Like. of it all when you feel so undeserving don't be afraid don't be ashamed I am right here call on my name I'm in the midst of it all please don't worry I'm in the midst of it all Shit. 
to make some noise up in here. You know they don't praise him like this no more. But the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So if you feel like dancing, if you feel like shouting, don't let nobody stop you. Get your praise on because he's worthy.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Now, this is the time of the show that we call Op-Ed. And now, there have been a number of things going on that I can talk about in Op-Ed this week. But there's two things that stand out in my mind that are most important. Number one, of course, you know I'm back on COVID again. COVID is always going to be, seems like it's always going to be in this conversation because COVID is the star. COVID is the star right now. And he's the star because we keep making him the star. You know what I'm saying? We keep making him the center of attention because we don't want to follow protocol that would alleviate him from being in our lives. And I use the word alleviate because I don't think we'll ever eliminate him. And that makes my heart sad that we can't eliminate him from our lives. But I'll settle right now for just alleviating him. But what gets me with that is, have you seen the schools are going back in session, right? I believe Georgia and North Carolina and some other Southern state schools are back in session. And the parents are actually protesting the fact that their kids have to wear masks in school while they learn. Really? Why? Why? Why is that such a bone of contention still? After all we've learned, right? All we've learned. Let's just take this for an example. And I looked this up because I was like, I have to look this up because I'm scratching my head right now. I don't understand what the issue is, right? Because in essence, you're saying you don't want your child to wear a mask in school because you want Johnny or Jane to be able to go to school and suck up all the germs possible for the day, right? Now, if the mask prevent your child from catching anything, because at this point, they won't only be protected from COVID, They'll be protected from a common cold, the flu, chicken pox, measles, all these diseases that I'm mentioning. Are you listening? They are all airborne. They are caught from particles in the air. So if you wear a mask and the mask is going to stop the particles from entering into your system, isn't that a good thing? Or would you rather have chicken pox? I mean, like, no brainer. And I understand everyone wants to exercise their rights. Like what? We talked about it in the garden. Everybody had a right, right? And we're all on this. It's my right. It's my right. It's my right. Don't tell me what to do. But let's think of the logic. Let's just think of the logic. Let's not even think about what somebody's telling you what to do, because I think people get stuck on that. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, I'm telling you not to cross the street because the light is green and there's a tractor trailer coming. Don't tell you what to do. I should just let you walk out in the street and get run over. And it, it it's come down to that. They're telling us to wear masks because the kids can't get vaccinated at this time for their age group. And some people don't want to take the vaccine. And I get it. I'm not even talking to you about taking the vaccine. But something as simple as wearing a mask while you're out in public amongst strangers who you don't know is carrying what you don't want your child to be protected 
You'd rather stand on a lawn in front of the school with signs yelling, no mask for my kids. I have rights. I determine what I determine what my child does. Oh, so when your child gets sick, sick or God forbid drops dead, you're still going to be standing up there saying, you know what? I determined that I wanted that kid to die. Is that what you're going to be saying? Or God forbid the kid does get sick and someone does remind you, um, but Betty, didn't you say you didn't want Johnny to wear a mask? You don't want to hear that at that point, because at that point, you just want Johnny to live. You just want all the doctors to strop, to just drop everything, move heaven and hell to save little Johnny. Where little Johnny could have been wearing a mask from day one and never caught anything. But who am I to say? I'm just giving you the information, right? So that right there was kind of annoying me when I saw it on the news every day. They were talking about these parents that are, I have rights. You're not going to tell my kid what to do. I decide what my kid does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it, lady. I totally get it. But when it comes to a life or death situation, you would want to go on the side of the, let me save my kid's life. Even if he has to wear a mask for eight hours, when he gets home, he doesn't wear a mask. When he comes home, he can run around the neighborhood without a mask on. But when he's in school around kids that I don't know where they're at or what their parents are doing, you're wearing a mask. What's so hard about that? What is so hard about that? Make the decision. You can make that decision. Just make it. Next thing I want to talk about is you know, on Friday was the 56th anniversary for the Voting Voter Rights Act that was signed, right? Why are we still to this day trying to get voters to have rights? Why is it still states are trying to suppress people from voting? It is the hardest thing to comprehend. But yet, it's always people of color. Now, see, don't sign an amendment that makes it, oh, for X amount of years, we're going to do this. Just sign the darn thing. I don't ever hear them worried about white people's vote. You never hear with women's vote. Oh, that's coming up again. They're trying to suppress women from voting. We Enough with the crap already. Enough with the crap. And this is what I'm talking about. Our relationships with one another. Enough. Let people vote. What is the problem? Let people vote. 56 years, 56 years, we're still here with the, should they vote, shouldn't they vote? Oh, let's do this so they can't vote. Oh, let's make it harder so it's difficult for them to vote. Really? That goes to show you how precious the vote is. That goes to show you how pivotal, and for all of you who have not registered, or for all of you who walk around and say, oh, I'm not voting, it doesn't matter who gets in there, they do whatever they want anyway. Do you see how they are fighting, fighting to keep you in that mindset of not wanting to vote and thinking that your vote doesn't count. Just for the simple fact that they don't want me to do it, I would want to go out there and do it. Just for that simple fact, if nothing else alone, it's something that you want to stop me from doing. Oh, let me get out there and do this because you don't want me to do it. Now, if you want to exercise a right, if you want to yell about your rights, your rights, start yelling about that, not about a mask. Yell about the fact that they're trying to stop you or make it difficult for you to cast a vote. That's what you should be paying attention to. I think we're paying attention to the wrong, the wrong things going on. And maybe, no, I take that back. I can't say the wrong things going on because everyone pays attention to what's important to them. 
If it's not important to you, you're not going to pay attention to it because it doesn't affect you yet. It doesn't affect you yet. And that's the problem. Everybody thinks that when something's happening, it doesn't affect them, but just give it time. It's going to affect you. Cause like I told you, it all started in the garden. It all started in the garden and look, we're still fighting that battle now. Well, not anymore. We're not fighting that battle anymore because Jesus came and he squashed the whole thing. He took care of it, but it started in the garden. So if you're nitpicking with little things, oh, that does, that's not important to me. Oh, that's not important. Yes, it is. Everything that happens is important to everyone. You might not see how that puzzle piece fits in the puzzle you're creating, but you wait, when you're looking for that piece, you're going to be like, ah, oh, I just saw it. I just saw everything matters to everyone. So everyone should pay attention and not just be screaming about their own little, whatever it is that's going on in their little bubble world. And that is the end of op-ed. So now I want to remind everyone our word of the month is authentic. We all need to be our authentic selves and not our nasty authentic selves. How about that? Let's try to be the authentic self that God created us to be. Let's work on that. And our promise for this week is going to be coming from Psalms 119, 130. And it is the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Words to live by, words to live by. And with that, I say everyone be safe. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy. We're going to have some really nice weather here in the tri-state area. Enjoy if you can get out. Enjoy it. COVID is still out there. Wear your mask. Wash your hands, social distance, and until we meet again next week, peace. Does life hit you so hard that you've been knocked down? Have you gone too far to find the middle ground? Did they raise you so high just to pull you back down? Have you been so lost you could never be found? Cause I've been real, I've been fake Been a sinner, I've been a saint I've been right, I've been so, so wrong Yeah, I made my mistakes I don't know what it's like to be Now I don't know what it's like to be you.
it's like to be me But by the grace of God we'll see each other's heart Can you, can you? When you think of love, what does it mean? I'm talking about that love you can't explain. See, I want to go to that special place where there is a love that you can't erase. place where there is a love 